Welcome to Intent, a series of conversations between a couple of friends where we share our experiences wrestling with real life. I'm Jim Sutton and I'm talking with a good friend, Steve Rouse. We're two of the pastors of Ballon Baptist Church and we have these weekly conversations as a bit of an experiment. We don't plan what we talk about, so I'm sorry if we go for a bit of a wander and get a bit lost, but our intent is to focus on the challenge of real life and trying to work out what it might mean to follow Jesus through it all. This week we have some decision making to do and get disturbed and bewildered by choice, as well as having the odd existential crisis. If only we knew what that meant. I wish I could go back to being that age and um, just like have a word with myself and just be like, make the most of it. You can nap. You can have a little snooze. <laughs> like, if someone just pat, if someone just tapped you on the shoulder like at work at like one o'clock and said, do you want to go and have a lie down? Like that'd be amazing. Can you imagine? Yes, like, please. Just be like, just take your time have a couple of hours. <laughs> madness, madness. Well, I think I'm going to move to Spain. Go get involved with the siestas. I think go for a siesta. That'd be very nice. Yeah, absolutely. Very nice. Absolutely. So this this morning, um, we, as some people may know, listening to this, uh, we, we're currently like looking for somewhere to live at the moment. Um, we we're we're looking for um, somewhere, I don't know, whatever it is, a house or a flat or whatever. We're trying to find somewhere, and so you end up on these like endless. Um, not wild goose chases, but you spend your time and you go on the internet, you do your research, you go on a Zoopla and right move and on the market and everything else. And you find the estate agents that aren't on those things and you check their websites and everything else and you set up alerts and you get all these thousand e- e- um, emails about um, all these properties that they've now decided that on the basis of what you said, they are appropriate for you. And 99.9% of them are not appropriate for you in any sense of the word. <laughs> oh, because you give them a little radius and so they go, oh, well, what about this other thing, which is five miles outside your radius and outside of your budget? It must be a good one. Um and so you, you just, you drain and look at all that stuff. And then eventually you think, right, well, we, we, we get a short list of ones that you want to go and view and you phone up about them and you get told that they're not available. And so you go, right, you're back to the drawing board, get another short list, phone up some more estate agents. You agree a viewing and the estate agent goes, oh, great. Yeah. So we'll book you in for a viewing on this one. And I've got some other properties nearby, which I think will suit you. Uh, we can go and see them afterwards. So you think, uh, where's this going? And so you end up on a wild goose chase all afternoon because you go and see one, which you're not bothered within five seconds, you walk in the door and go no um and then the estate agent's got you so you feel like i don't know what is stupid politeness or whatever you think oh i'll go and see these other properties they might be all right when really they're not and they're not really appropriate they just happen to be well i was going to say within a stone throw but not all of them are some of them are like 20 minutes down the road and you're like this is not close this is not what we signed up for and whatever it's just the estate agents up in their numbers in terms of phone calls and viewings because that's what they got measured on and everything else anyway nonsense there's a lot of it um but you know that you really need to find some kind of way forward. You need to, you need to find someone to live in. So every single time, like you look at it online, you think, oh, that looks actually all right. And then you convince yourself like this is the one. Then you're going to look at it and you think, no, actually, like the wall's falling down and there's damp everywhere and this, that and the other. And it's, oh, I'd, I don't know how you, I don't know how you choose. I don't know how you find the right place. And it just, I don't know, it's in, in a nutshell, it makes them, I don't know, not that I'm having an existential crisis, uh, for once this week. I mean, most, <laughs> most, most weeks I'm having some sort of a crisis about who I am and what I'm doing and everything else. I hope, I think that most people are. Well, I hope we are. I hope I'm not the only one. Um, but you know, like how, how on earth 
do we make decisions about stuff? How do we know what the right thing to do is? How do we know what the right job or the right place to live or the right partner, um, the right, I don't know, the, the right clothing brands to wear, the right places for your kids to go to school, um, the right exercise to have, the right nutrition to have, all, all of that. Like, I think life, I think this year particularly, because being in lockdown, everyone's got, um, like decision fatigue you have to decide what to do all the time working from home even like i nearly had a nearly had a breakdown trying to work out what to have for lunch because it was like oh i'm working from (laughs) i could have something different from like the end like usually i just have avocado smashed on some um little rice cakes and a whole whole bowl of fruit basically that's that's my lunch normally at work but then it's like well actually i don't I don't necessarily need to have that. So what should I have? I, I, this, my bugbear is thinking about food. I hate deciding what to eat. Um, cause I don't have any imagination for food. So I just eat the same thing for breakfast, lunch and di- left to my own devices. I would do that because like, I don't like expending energy thinking about it because I have no imagination and it just seems hard. So I don't bother going anywhere near it. But that's, that's like my life in a nutshell. Like I find it so hard to kind of think, well, what's, what's the right thing to do? Where do you go from here? How do you choose the right pathway? And I'm almost, uh, I know there's probably a whole conversation that involves God around this, but like just on the human, at the human level, like how do you know if what you're doing is the right pathway forward? Like, I mean, we're looking for a property. I mean, you're looking at stuff and you're like, well, yeah, but does it like, what's it like structurally? What's going on? What are the neighbors like? What's this street like? Is it busier than it looks? What's it like at 3 a.m. on a Friday morning or, or Friday night or whatever? You know, just all the like, and there's no, there's almost no way of handling it or dealing with it. You just kind of have to make a stab in the dark and presume that it will be okay. And it's, ah, oh, I, I don't know how people do it. How do you do it? How do you deal with it? Oh, mate, you? I think <laughs> <you're>... <laughs> of all the paths in conversation, you could have gone there. <laughs> And you pick the one that I'm like, I could hear, I could, if Lisa listens to this, she'll be like, she'll be laughing her head off because <laughs> I can be terrible. And I totally get, it's funny, like with like you said about the food thing. I'm, I'm like you. Once I've decided what my breakfast at the moment is or what my lunch is, I just go for the same thing every time because Why if would I you not? dare, <laughs> if I dare come to lunchtime and go, hmm, what shall I have? I stand there for about 10 minutes thinking about, now, is this healthy for me or not? Or is this, um, have we, have we even got this in the cupboard? Or what shall I have today? And what did I have yesterday? And, and instead of going for what might I just, the thing is, why is it as well that the thing, like I might, I might go down, Lisa bought some bagels yesterday. And I know the thing I really like in a bagel is a nice fried egg and a bit of bacon oh. <laughs> and, lo- and lots of ketchup. And I'm thinking, <laughs> Well, that's not good for me. So I can't. So then my head goes into a spin thinking about, well, that can't be good for me. I better, I better like you pick out a rice cake, a lettuce leaf, and a, I don't know. Yeah. A, a, a something on top, a tomato or something that's oh, healthy. There's, and, oh, there's and a bagel. Make it a good choice. I, I do have a bagel recommendation. If I can grasp it, I'm not sure if I can quite get it. It's a Paul McCartney one. Um, I, I was listening to Paul McCartney on Adam Buxton's podcast the other day. And he says that Paul, Paul McCartney, Sir Paul McCartney, says that um, one of the things he always used to eat when he was in, in the studio or office or whatever, he would have bagels with hummus. And I think I think there was another key little bit to it, which may... I can't remember what it was. It was it was definitely bagels and hummus and something else. But it sounds rubbish. But, like, a whole bunch of people have kind of said in the aftermath of that, like, this... It's, it's amazing. So, um, yeah, you just got to listen to Paul McCartney on the Adam Buxton podcast and find about, find out about his bagels and hummus. 
I, but I find decision making. I, I really do struggle with it. I really do struggle with it. If you again, if you if you ask Lisa about it, the worst for me by far. I almost can't stand a day off. At least mm. with the re- the other days of the week, there's structure within it, and I know what I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing, and I just get on with it. When I get a day off, sometimes I'm literally paralysed by the fact that I think. I don't know. What, what do I do today? I, there's that chore I want to do. And Lisa often, I need the other person. I need, you know, I find it helpful that Lisa will sort of reason it out or help you think it through because I'll, I'll go, well, I want to, I want to do a bit of exercise. I want to either probably go out for a cycle. Oh, I've got a motorbike. Oh, I should, I haven't been out for a ride. I should do that. Oh, there's that room. You know, I said I was going to paint the ceiling at some point and that's staring me in the face. And, and then I just stand there kind of, whirling the things around in my head and i and i often get to the point where like i just i slump in a chair somewhere feeling really defeated by the the choices that i have and they're probably they're all good choices Mm -hmm. and it usually takes for lisa to come along and say well you you've got far too many things there you know you want to go 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 for a bike ride go out for a bike ride and kind of pushes me out the door and it's done but yeah i i think on those kind of things i i do get I, I get really stuck in some of those kind of mm. patterns that are really not helpful at all. Yeah, I mean, like I basically figure last night. Last night, Sarah arranged to have like a little Zoom with uh, a couple of her friends that he hadn't spoken to for a while, and just like have a little bit of a catch up. And I'd forgotten this was happening, and so she she popped onto onto Zoom or whatever the appointed hour was. And so I was like, oh, I've probably got a couple of hours. I was like, what 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 should I do? I just got to bed. Um, Sarah's on Zoom. I could I could watch something. What could I watch? What's something that's been recommended to me? Is there something that's definitely good? Oh, I don't know. Is there something? So, like, you, sc- you scroll around and you have a... I mean, like, it's that thing of... Oh, I don't know. It's almost like, spo- like literally spoiled for choice. I mean, that, that phrase has never really made... Not made too much sense, but it's particularly real for me in the light of last night. Because you're just like... You go on a Netflix and you scroll through some of the movies and you think, oh, maybe I could watch a movie. Oh, maybe I'll watch a documentary. Have a scroll through some of them. And you think, oh, maybe what's on what's on BBC iPlay? You go over there, scroll through that, see what's on there. Go and have a look at Channel 4, what's on there. What's on, oh, any of the other ones. Um, and you scroll through all of this stuff and then you can think, well, I've, wasted, I've, I've spent 25 minutes of this kind of precious time scrolling around, looking at stuff, but not really committing to anything. So I thought, I'll just pick up the book I haven't finished and I'll start really <laughs> carrying on reading that. And it, I, perfectly, I was perfectly fine and perfectly happy once I'd kind of made that little choice. But it's kind of like, you're right. You just have all these all these things that you could do and you could choose to do. And I know, I know these are like massive first world problems, you know, and even like, them. I mean, very, I'm, I'm well, I, I am to some extent, as much as I can be aware of um, the privilege that I have in terms of um, like the opportunities are afforded to me, the fact that I can choose where I where I live, I have some say in that. That um, I, I can choose how to spend my time in an evening and, and that kind of thing. Um, but but still, that that thing of just having all all this stuff available that sometimes you can be paralysed by it, and it means that you just stay where you are, and then you look up and you realise oh, I've wasted. I feel like I've wasted this time, and then it makes me rubbish as well. But is so does do you think that that like the first world choice thing? Because you're right, it is that, and it's a bit like I was talking to a friend the other day, and he was saying, you know, he's going through a really tough time, and he was saying, but but there's this, you know, when people try to reason it, they go, "Oh, there's people worse off than me," mm. but, which is true. There's always somebody you can find who's worse off than you. The reality, though, is that's your reality. That's what you're trying to deal with, and for you, that's really really difficult. And so 
I hear the kind of, you know, it is a first world problem in one sense. Well, it is for us, mm. but it's, it, but it is the problem of living in the first world that the choice is, it, you, you reminded me of, I can't, oh, I so remember when I, when I went to Spurgeon's college, I remember in the first year we were friends with a um, couple who'd, who'd moved to train there from Bulgaria. And I remember taking Maria, she, she needed to lift in the car to go do some shopping Sainsbury's and, we both went off in our separate directions to do the shopping. And I remember thinking, okay, I need to check in where she is. Is she doing okay? This first time she's been out to a supermarket in this country and da, da, da. And I found her in the, um, what do you call the aisle that has all the like toothpaste and shampoo and all that stuff? Probably just, let's just call it hygiene? aisle number four. <laughs> <laughs> what did you call it? The personal hygiene? hygiene? Personal hygiene. That'll do. That'll do. And she was staring at the, at the dental section and she was crying and I went up to her and I said, are you all right? She said, she said, Steve, I, I don't know what to, I don't know what to choose. And I said, cause it's our norm. It's like, well, you know, you get used to pretty much like for us, we, we know, um, we, you know, some, some point we've made up our minds, which toothpaste to buy on a regular basis. Yeah. The but one on off. Re- the one on offer <laughs> but for maria she was stood there and she and, I, and we had a conversation she said at home in bulgaria when you go to the supermarket at this stage i don't know how it is today but at this stage this is going back you know 25 years ago she said if there's toothpaste on the shelf you'll be glad and it'll probably be one brand one thing you don't have to make a choice about it but as you just described it, whether it's flicking, and I, I think, and I don't know whether it's even contributing to where people do struggle in terms of choices about, you know, just the choice level is maddening, mm-hmm. maddening. You know, you where we live, if you go down into Ballam, how many coffee shops have you got to choose from with which to go and select where you buy your, you know, your your poison of choice or whatever you like yeah. there's probably a 15 different coffee shops within a small town that yeah you maybe more from. maybe more and like you say whether it's when you i mean it, i know you pick people as old as me like in your 50 <laughs> like you'd say when i was a kid there were there were three television channels you know that you got to choose from and television programming for you you know as a kid ended at about six o'clock in the evening now I mean, not that I can never find anything to watch, but you go on Sky or whatever. I mean, how many channels have you got to choose? The choice is enormous. No yeah. wonder we are confused. No wonder we are, at times, I think, yeah, you you wonder what it does to your kind of mental health or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. Have you seen that movie, The Hurt Locker? Um, mm. It's about the, um, it's like a bomb disposal. I always try and remember the director's name. Cause in she, Iraq, she's... Catherine Bigelow? Catherine Say the say the surname it, again. Is it Bigelow? Is that right? Bigelow. That sounds I don't right. know. You look she it up on your phone, it, phone while, I waff, while I waffle. Yeah. Um, yeah and it's, it's it's with um, Jeremy Renner. Um, That's he, it. Yeah. Who got on to be? I was going to call him Bullseye. It's not called Bullseye, is it? The guy in the Marvel ones with the arrows. And anyway, some somebody will correct me on whatever he's called. It's definitely <laughs> called Bullseye. That's Woody's horse in Toy Story. I know that much. Um, but anyway, he's, he plays this. Um, yeah, this this guy who disarms kind of um, all, all these kind of 
uh, rough and ready bomb setups and that. And he, and he, and he kind of keeps volunteering for extra terms of service, you know, like he just keeps going back. And then there's this one, there's this one part of the movie where he, he, he's at home where he goes, goes home to America and he's spending time. I think he has a family and he, he goes out, he goes down to the supermarket in the evening and it's just the shot of him stood in the cereal aisle and he's just staring at this wall of color and different cereals and choice and everything everything else and he spends all his time he's just staring 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 um just in i don't know I don't, I, yeah i don't think there's any articulation of what he's feeling in that moment but just staring at all this stuff and i'm i don't know whether my recollection is quite accurate but i feel like he um he literally turns around kind of takes his shopping home and then he goes and volunteers for another another tour of duty in Iraq. That it's kind of like I can't almost like I can't handle this. I can't handle all of all of what's what's going on around me and and just this this mass of choice. Because in some ways, you you can say that it's freedom um, and an incredible selection and choice and availability and all of that, which is amazing and incredible. And in some way, kind of reflects kind of God's creativity and always making kind of fantastical difference in the world and yet it can almost be i don't know it's almost like freedom i don't know it's another um punk band song lyric but like um like swimming alone at sea is not is not the kind of freedom we actually want that kind of it's almost like you could go anywhere and do anything and it's like yeah great but kind of some like we talked about before in times of boundaries and and that kind of thing that this kind of massive choice is, can be so confusing and overwhelming, like you're saying. It's like, how on earth do you make some semblance of choice about about what's going on? I, it's fascinating, you know. I, I just think, I, th- I think the illustration about the film's good. And you're right, the, you've got the right director. It was Catherine Yes, Bigelow. oh, come on. Yeah, yeah correct. She, she won an Oscar for it. She's, yeah, good good stuff and good film as well mm. and i would forgotten that part of it and i remember it as you say it and i was like i have had that feeling that he would have experienced a number of times where i just think oh to to retreat or to you know we simplicity it's like let me go live somewhere where just life is simple i mean we probably wouldn't like the choice you know you think oh god let me go and live in the you know what's that for you let me go and live in the outer head producer or whatever because somewhere in our minds we imagine that there can be this really simplified existence where we don't have to worry about that. Because if you, when you start to think about it, you've touched on something. I think in every area, whether it's the clothes you choose to wear, you know, the choice you made about literally what you put on in a day, you wonder the million choices you're probably making to make you happy to step out in the kit you put on that day. And it's probably a lot to do with whether you think other people are going to accept you or think you're up to date or whatever it is. And it's the same with our homes, you know, whether it's about literally the, I mean, when there's another maddening choice, you go to any, any DIY store to pick a color to go on your walls and you're like, Oh my word, the shades of color now. Um, and that you've got to choose from to try and pick that perfect, whatever it is, elephant dung gray that you want on the wall at home. That sounds delicious. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you've gone for <laughs> no we we went for and i was just and you'd ask that and i was yeah. trying to think of what the name is because in our in our bedroom this nice bedroom uh, what was um it's a it's um ah oh, come on it's from batman it's like a phrase out of um is it oh what's the name of the gray it's got a name that's like Goth- of, gotham gray yeah something like gotham gray it's something that's, like that sounds very dark <laughs> it's very dark that's, it just <laughs> makes me feel like yeah 
<laughs> but um yeah, but the color, the choice of color, choice of furniture, choice, you know, it just, and I remember, um, and I think a couple of things, it makes me think, it feels that thing within us as humans where you, you find yourself then comparing, did I make the right choice? I chose yeah. this, these color trainers or this brand, or I chose this color for the walls or this style of furniture. And oh, somebody else chose have I made the right choice? Oh, they watch that kind of film. Oh, they read that kind of book. I liked it, but am I making the right choice over here? And it's, and I think you end up in that, that sort of comparison thing and dis- dissatisfied or, well, the danger is you can be dissatisfied all the time. I remember um, Tony Campolo, the, he's a sociologist and Christian speaker and writer. And he, he wrote a book called, I think the book was called uh, Carpe Deum. I think it was that thing that seized the day. And he's, he was saying how advertising is kind of the, it's the, it fuel, it sort of kills. I think he said like it not, this is not how he said it, but it kind of kills life in us. It, it's this kind of, it constantly fuels this particular way of life or this dissatisfaction in us. Yeah. You know, you constantly need to get more, have more. Um, because you're worth it and all that stuff. And it fuels this kind of thing in us. And I suppose for me, at the end of the day with all this, I mean, you started with that word, and I, I was going to come back at you straight away because I've never quite understood what it means. But that whole thing of existential, you know, what, <laughs> you know asking an existential question or an existential crisis. Is, what is, what does, do you know what the word means or kind of kind of what it means? No. Um <laughs> <laughs> Does it mean um, I was and it's simply like asking the bigger questions or the questions of life? Well, I think it's I, I would just take it at face value and, and say it's to do with existence that kind of like sort what, of the why do we exist kind of thing. What are we yeah, for? yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Like what what is the point of my existence kind of thing? What why, which do, why a, do I exist? What's my meaning of life really? What does it all mean? Yeah, which is I suppose at the end of the day when you <laughs> you know not to kind of be uh whatever the word is um but but it comes down to that mm. in some ways i suppose my 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 choice my choice to opt for the the faith or the beliefs that i have not that it solves all of that but it adds something into it. it's funny i was only asking this question or somebody was asking this question this yesterday they were asking you know kind of almost like what why do you why do you have put your hope in Jesus why do you do that and what difference does that make and I, su- I suppose when I think of it I kind of think I don't know what else people use to help them mm. try and weigh all of that stuff up I'm not mm. saying it it stops me doing it or it I'm not saying it makes me make good choices all of the time and there are certainly plenty of areas of my life where I continue to be more shaped by the culture around me. And therefore I'm making choices de- determined by that, but determined by that environment that I live in, you know, and we've, we've talked about this or touched on this before, because I think a lot of it is, Oh, well, I, you know, living in London, like we talked about coffee in Balham and coffee culture or whatever, but you could go out to some places and you wouldn't have that choice. You wouldn't have that culture. Mm. So it's not, a, it's not a big deal. And I think I think you are shaped a lot of the time I am shaped by my environment, but I suppose my faith has a way of 
raising questions about that, if nothing else, making me, making, and it's a difficult thing in some ways, but it does sort of, I remember, was it Shane Claiborne, the, I don't know what he's, Christian person, speaker, Acti- whatever. Act- he is an activist. Yeah. Um, speaking at the BU Assembly this year, but he, he, he's, he was the one who said, you know, Jesus didn't change my life. He said, Jesus, Jesus messed up my life. And what he meant by that was he just started to make me aware of my responsibility in the world. Mm. So therefore the choices I make do have an impact upon other people. Mm. And therefore, yeah, I'm not, I'm nowhere near far enough down this track, but therefore the choice I make about clothes I buy or what I consume rather than being shaped by being a consumer, I suppose it's trying to listen to that challenge of, gosh, yeah, I need to, I need to press into that to think, to to try and make healthy choices, not just for myself, but choices that actually are healthy for all those around me. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. 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 I think so. I think so. And I think you're picking up on, um, the kind of the advertising side of things and that, that that thing of advertising being like it creates a disturbance in order to present you with the savior of it kind of thing it's kind of like your this is this is not great about your life but if you buy this or you have this experience or whatever then that that disturbance will go away it, cre- it has to create the disturbance and then create the solution very quickly um and i think almost the disturbance and in and of itself though is not a bad thing because we can think that the the goal of life is to just kind of i don't know this where, where i'd have a problem with the american constitution in some way this kind of pursuit of happiness this kind of view that there is a perfect existence out there where everything is all at peace and lovely and everything else and it just doesn't exist because of the the, the world that we live in um it's, it's a broken world that even if you had a perfect existence at, in march 2020 then covid rolls around you can't do anything about that there's there's no way of dealing with that there will always be disturbance and it's kind of what what you do with that um in terms of you can kind of grasp at the thing that kind of jumps shouts the loudest or the thing that jumps out as being the thing that claims to be able to kind of help you out of this thing um and is just the thing in front of you you know like with advertising it's like it's the thing it's the solution that's presented so you think well immediately you associate this disturbance with that solution and you think that's the thing that i need but what what if it was if it was something different? You know, I heard um, Juliet Kilpin, who's um, oh, she's uh, uh, describer again, a kind of Christian activist and um, church leader and kind of influencer in some ways. Um, did incredible work over the years in terms of um, on the fringes with new expressions of church communities and very much uh, against injustice in all its forms. Um, but I remember her talking about disturbance and saying disturbance in and of itself is not necessarily bad because in the same way that you disturb um, flour, I think I mentioned this illustration before and I like it in terms of you disturb flour like when you're baking so that it settles at a deeper level of peace and almost in the disturbance is an opportunity to find a deeper level of peace and wholeness. Um, and so often we, we don't find that we just, well, for, for me, I find I just skitter about like a cat in a hot tin roof and kind of just jump around and hope to hope in some way that things will calm down a little bit. And I, and I suppose it again, I suppose maybe to draw more in, like you've mentioned the kind of the faith element of it, of kind of like, I, I don't know how people make decisions, um, without a faith, you know, I don't know how anybody does anything without a faith, you know, like I, 
I came I came to London in 2010. I grew up in Devon in the southwest. I was teaching down there, and then um, one of our best mates was living up in London and teaching up here at the time. We just had a random conversation one day, and he said we vaguely always talked about um, working together at some point, just as like a silly thing. And he said, "Oh, we got some jobs," and and it was kind of like that kind of that idea just kind of stuck with me, and I thought, oh. I, I'll, I'll just investigate a little bit and and that was the kind of pathway that led to me moving to london now for me i i believe that god was kind of in that and that gave me the peace it gave me the the feeling that not that this was the only way of going but just that there was a little nudge in your back going why don't you have you thought about this why don't you why don't you just try this why don't you just explore it and whatever happens i'm going to go with you and i think that's that was the overwhelming sen- sensation i had um in that moment now i don't i don't necessarily always have that sensation in life you know like i was saying like trying to trying to make decisions about all, all the little things in life and the bigger things in life you don't always have that that moment in feeling i know exactly right the right thing to do but quite often it's the it's the elijah thing of um oh please 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 let it be elijah um the guy who goes <laughs> the guy the, the guy who, go, who goes up the mountain and he's looking for god and he get, he ends up on this mountain he's he's fleeing for his life he ends up on a mountain of the earthquake and the fire and the storm and everything else and all this stuff goes past and god, elijah's expecting to meet with god and god's not in the all the noise and the shouting and the chaos but god is this this still small whisper that comes afterwards and I think sometimes we don't dwell in the disturbance long enough to listen to the whisper. We're so put off and distracted by the earthquake and the fire and the choice and all the many things and the need and the pressure of time and circumstance and everything else that we never hang around long enough to listen to the still small voice. We're too insecure about it that we, we don't dwell in it expecting to be helped out, but we think we are the ones who need to get us out of it. Therefore, we need to do it quickly. And the quicker we make some sort of decision any decision means that we don't have to think about it again the better you know even if it is the disturbance of the advertising thing you think oh if i get that face cream then everything will be fine you know uh, i like that yeah i think yeah and i suppose when you think back on this last year i mean talk about disturbance i mean it's happened and, and i guess people will have experienced the disturbance in so many different ways but how many people have you heard talk about, I don't know, just it's it's an awful disturbance and everyone wants the disturbance to go away. Of course we do. But the, the reality with the, with the disturbance is that it gives you that opportunity actually to, to pay attention a little bit. You know, you've heard people where well, you certainly heard people right at the beginning, some people saying, gosh, I I'm hearing the sound of, the birds singing in the trees sort of thing. I'm hearing bird song and you're like, what on earth has happened that we lost the ability to hear that? You know, and people have said, I've become more rooted in my neighborhood more. You know, I'm not saying I'm, I'm quite aware that there's a flip side to all of this. So I've heard, I've heard some people say, for example, I was just reading it this morning. Some, some people will say there's been greater levels of intimacy at work because we're meeting each other through zoom and you know here i am with a work colleague here's me and my made-up desk at home in the bedroom or whatever and and that and they've sort of experienced a greater level of intimacy because they see work colleagues in the home now that's a positive in one side but flip that same coin over for others it's it's like that's just is exacerbated the problem because some people take advantage of that intimacy 
But generally, I think when the disturbance has come, we've had the opportunity perhaps to think, oh, there are some things I've picked up on during this time. So who is it I was listening to yesterday who was saying, um, they saying that they, they would, they would never go back to the maddening pace they were living at before. And, and they're kind of, um, you know, the, the, the sort of mouse on the wheel kind of, you know, that, that kind of approach. And they said, it's, it's just given them more time with friends and, and, and or family or whatever. And they said, why on earth was I making that choice to run around like a headless chicken before? Mm. Um, I don't ever want to do that again. Now that now we're all kind of wondering right now, I think that's one, that's wonderful to say that, but as the, as things go forward, I think we are anticipating, Oh, you know, we, we, we think that now, but, but eventually we will just go back to that maddening mm. pace. Yeah. But again, it comes down to choice. Actually, it comes down to, um, making a deliberate choice not not to live like that mm. perhaps or, or attempting to i know you can't dictate your life that easily because it's not as straightforward as that but making some choices about well i'm, I'm not going to live at 100 miles an hour or whatever mm-hmm. well i know for me i was i was one of those people who would say that they're kind of like i don't want to go back to that speed i don't want to go back to that pace and yet i know that I will naturally just do that. I know that I'll just naturally slide back into it. But the beauty of this conversation um, is that now I know that all I have to do is paint my bedroom Gotham grey and then from there, <laughs> anything is possible. <laughs> all the decisions, they're going to be so easy from now on. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We have these chats once a week in some way to be intentional about relationship together. So if you want to be a part of that journey, then why not subscribe? Plus, if you've been listening to us for a while, uh, we'd love you to drop us a review through whatever platform you get your podcast from. You can find out more about Ballon Baptist Church on our YouTube channel or through Instagram at Ballon Baptist. Baptist.